we should have ability to gain more control over our bodies, over our health. And I'm incredibly passionate about finding natural ways to do so through our diets, through supplementation, like a huge believer in the power of food and a huge believer in the power of the human body, right? To if fit the right things. And so it's kind of that inspiration for starting super gut and seeing the gut microbiome as a way to do this. To actually put, to translate that science into practice and functional foods that give people more control over their health, whether it's ideally preventatively, but even if not, like can help get regain control of your health if you've already dealing with some chronic metabolic issues. Welcome to Nutrition Without Compromise, a podcast brought to you by Orlo Nutrition. We believe that nutrition shouldn't be an either or, that you should never have to sacrifice your morals for your health or that of our home planet. Join natural products veteran Karina Belizzi and experts from around the globe as they discuss healthy solutions that are better for you and better for the planet. Welcome to another interview episode of Nutrition Without Compromise. Today, we're going to deepen our understanding of how digestion really works. We're going to cover the difference between prebiotics, probiotics, enzymes, and we'll even touch on the science as we talk about mucosal linings and their enzymes on this show. The body is comprised of more than 37 trillion human cells, all of which require omega-3s to function properly. But we have more than 37 trillion additional cells, microorganisms that make up our entire body's ecosystem. These help us digest our food. These two systems, our human cells and the rest, make our bodies so much more complex than they might first appear. Science is really emerging. We find out new things every day as research is published. Our bodies essentially contain a network of symbiotic relationships. And when in balance, we're at our healthiest. We live long and have a healthy health span, which means living young as long as possible. When out of balance, well, You've seen and you've heard the stories too. Systems fail, health collapses, metabolic functions create problems for us. They, uh, these health systems essentially fall apart. That relates to metabolic syndrome, diabetes type 2, diabetes type 3. We could talk about all of these things. But before I introduce today's guest, I want to also remind you that this podcast is all about serving you, about helping you reach your best health. If you're compelled by what you hear today, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. My favorite happens to be Google Podcasts because I like their search functionality. While you're at it, please give us a thumbs up, a five-star review, write us a review, write a comment. This will help more people to discover the show. Furthermore, I know that we often touch on health topics that connect to our need for omega-3s. I alluded to that at the very start. It really helps your immune system even work like a rock star. So if you're ready to give Orla Nutrition a try, use the coupon code NWC10 for an extra 10% off your shopping cart at orlonutrition.com. This can mean a total discount to you of up to 37% given the promotions we're presently running. They're our sponsor. They help the show come to you every day. Now, the specific omega-3s that we talk about, the EPA and DHA, stop consuming an omega-3 from fish and go to algae. It can be as much as three times more absorbable than that found in fish oil because the omegas that Orlo Nutrition produces are in the polar lipid form, which is best absorbed. Now, I wanted to touch on that just for a moment because as we prepare to talk about digestion with our guest today, 
we'll also be talking absorption because the best nutrition in the world, it literally means nothing if you don't absorb it. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce our guest today. Today, I'm joined by Mark Washington. He's the CEO and founder of SuperGut. They are the leading clinically proven gut health nutrition brand. Their goal is to reintroduce missing nutrients back into our diets to make it easier for people to live healthier, have that healthier health span, live a long and healthy time. We all know, we all know that the industrial food system optimizes cheap calories that inspire overconsumption packed with sugar, salt, fat. And Mark, with his team of researchers and contributors, they aim to turn that system on its head with gut healing, science, and nutrition. Mark Washington, welcome to the show. Hello there. Hey, thanks for having me, Karina. Lovely to have you. I know that intro may have been a little longer than normal, but I feel like I always forget to tell people. <laughs> it's important stuff. Yeah, no, it's really important. I'm looking forward to diving in. I think that I think you teed it up uh, quite well. Now, I understand that you've been first off in this nutrition and health industry a long time from beach body days to early nutrition, which I'm intimately familiar with because I've been in the world of supplements for the last 20 plus years. And I learned a little bit about your inspiration for shifting, for pivoting from where you were to this company, to founding Supergut. And so I wanted to offer you the opportunity to talk about your inspiration to start this, what ultimately got you so excited about it and really this quest to help people have a deeper understanding of gut health. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thanks for that. Yeah, no, I'm similar to yourself. I've been in this space of health and wellness and all things better for you throughout my career from food and beverage to supplements, fitness, et cetera. It's kind of always been my taking it as you can imagine with many founders, entrepreneurs, there's a personal side, there's a personal inspiration. Mine is frankly, deeply personal. So my inspiration is actually my sister, Monica was her name, unbelievably vivacious character, full of life, but like so many, she struggled with her health and never was in really good control. So she lived with diabetes and clinically obese and hypertension, so high blood pressure. And tragically, she passed away far too young due to complications with her health and in combination with a high-risk pregnancy. And that it struck me to my core, as you can imagine. And really, it poured gasoline on this fire to the fact that this shouldn't have happened. It's so tragic, especially in this day and age. And even though circumstances of Monica's situation were unique, the factors that led to it were not, right? I mean, you mentioned at the outset, metabolic syndrome and this is an epidemic that is affecting far too many of us that are either there or on our path to there, we don't even know it, right? And so it's like, this fire is built up. It's like, we should have ability to gain more control over our bodies, over our health. And I'm incredibly passionate about finding natural ways to do so through our diets, through supplementation, like a huge believer in the power of food and a huge believer in the power of the human body, right? To if fit the right things. And so it's kind of that inspiration for starting Supergut and seeing the gut microbiome as a way to do this, to actually put, to translate that science into practice and functional foods that give people more control over their health, whether it's ideally preventatively, but even if not, like can help get regain control of your health if you've already dealing with some chronic metabolic issues. So as we learn about the start of your company, tragic beginnings, but honoring her in a way that I think is absolutely beautiful. I mean, you mentioned metabolic syndrome. I mean, we hear about type two diabetes. It's such a touchy subject because it's so preventable that is, 
it's like there's a bit of blame that I think comes with the diagnosis. Like, oh, well, you should just be able to eat better. Then the type 2 diabetes will go away, right? Because it's not like it's uh, type 1, which was unavoidable. Right. Let's talk a little bit about this. Yeah, no, this gets me going because the one thing that you're very right, it can and in many times is touchy or sensitive. And there's in large part for many a great sense of shame for those that are living with a metabolic disease, which presumably, right, and practically is quote unquote preventable. Mm -hmm. The reality is the game is rigged. (laughs) Let's just be clear. It is so rigged and is why these diseases, these conditions are so pervasive. And when you take a step back, it is just not easy in today's society to live a consistently healthy life in control of your metabolism, of insulin response, and of your weight, and of your heart health. And so there's food deserts. It's big food, right? I mean, is the food that we are consuming ultra processed, the industrial food complex? I'm absolutely like, I say we are overfed and undernourished, right? So like we are just bombarded with ads, with fast food, ultra processed food, sugary snacks, like the system that has so for so many years, decades, right? Optimized for cheap calories. Like how do we fundamentally feed people in a way that's going to get them full and try to make it tasty and cheap? And that's kind of what has been optimized, right? And when you optimize for those, you know what you're not optimizing for. You're not optimizing for nutrients. You're not optimizing for the quality of the nutrition. You're not optimizing for things that your body actually needs and wants to keep it in a healthy orientation. And one of those missing gaps, obviously, when you head down that pathway, you're not feeding the nutrients that are important for your gut. And we know now, like you said at the outset, based on scientific advancements and research, we know now that the gut is absolutely foundational and critical, not just for digestion, but for total health, right? Metabolism, mental health, like all of these things have a connection to what's happening in your gut. So if your gut is in a out of whack, not in a state of balance, if you're not feeding your gut the right things and maintaining a healthy gut lining, a healthy uh, foundation, not only is your digestion likely going to be out of whack, there are other things in your health that are going to be out of whack as well. And so, yeah, so this whole topic of metabolic disease and these areas that are generally supposedly preventable, it is really, really hard. And we've made it way too hard for people to live healthier. And that's the big thing, what I'm about personally, and, and frankly, that's what we're about at Supergut, is how do we make it easy for people, like fit into your life and products that you actually want to consume and that you actually enjoy, but that are truly functional and reintroducing like some of these nutrients that have just been stripped out of our food supply, out of our Western diet, getting them back into your diet is a key. That what you're doing with the company aims to make it easier for people, give them choices that they can take on the go. Mm -hmm. But I think many of the challenges we face are that We're living in this lifestyle where we don't get into the kitchen and make whole foods and shop two to three times a week the way many Europeans still do and maintain a better health because they've got more produce in their diet, more real live foods, real live foods. Let's put it that way. So how, I mean, shouldn't we be able to get the prebiotics, the probiotics and the fiber and all of the enzyme inspiring nutrition in our diet just by eating fruits, vegetables, and non-processed foods, shouldn't we? Theoretically, yes. (laughs) And that has been, call it the tagline in the health and wellness space, frankly, even in 
physicians promote as well, which is all right. Yes, that is absolutely the way to live. Eat whole plant forward foods, Mediterranean style diet, get these nutrients in your diet and there's nothing better for you. We've been saying this for centuries. Eat better, move more, it solves everything. And yet Americans keep getting fatter, right? <laughs> and so I believe is we need to move beyond that. So clearly it's all true. Like in absolutely, and I'm a huge proponent of whole foods, plant forward diets, et cetera. But it, practically speaking, in our society in today's day and age, it's not easy for most of us to do that on a consistent basis, to have access to the freshest produce and to not be bombarded by kind of all the, the different temptations out there. And frankly, to just not be on the run. And even sometimes when you're trying to eat healthy, even some of the produce that you're getting isn't as healthy as it once was before. So I truly believe the pathway is a combination of trying to follow a healthy whole food plant-forward diet as much as possible. And then when you complement it with packaged foods, but that are nutrient dense and that are functional and supplementation is, but I think it's like through continuing to parrot the old advice of eat less, move more, et cetera. It's not the pathway to better success. And back to the subject on diabetes. And so one of the things that we hear a lot from some of our customers who are struggling right with their health, they're like, I didn't even know about this gut health thing, right? I have just been, I went to the doctor, diagnosed me as diabetic, and they said, eat less carbs, move more, and take this pill. And that's kind of all I knew what to do and all I could do. I was like, there's so much more. <laughs> I want to touch on this for a minute because part of the challenge there is that we as individuals often think, oh, well, they said don't eat sugar, so I'm going to stop eating that apple, that whole apple. I'm going to stop eating that banana. I'm going to stop eating the raspberries. I'm going to stop eating all of these things that actually have health-promoting enzymes within them, prebiotic fiber, and all these other nutrients that help us keep our digestion working well. And so we stop eating things that we define as, oh, well, I'm not going to eat pasta anymore, or I'm not going to eat bread anymore. But then they also stop eating the things that could actually be helping them rebuild their health. So it's just, it's people fail. So often I think what we need is just to give ourselves the starting seeds to help move us in the right direction. And sometimes that is just a healthier replacement for that snack that they might have grabbed before. So the protein bar and whatever it is, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's accessibility and sustainability. Like I'm of the firm belief that it is contingent upon us as call it the food and supplement industry, those who are producing the nutrition that people are consuming. It's on us to figure out ways that we can inject in nutritious, healthy and tasty nutrition into people's diets versus asking everybody to change their culture, change their entire diet, stick to this unbelievably regimented type of diet that is just not sustainable. I think it's on us to do that. The part of the problem is, back to your point, this concept of don't eat carbs. It's well-intended, but it is misguided. So one, like a lot of times, like you said, people will cut out some sources that do have some carbs in them that also bring some important nutrients. And then the second thing is, most people don't realize carbs, that fiber is a carb, right? The carbohydrates is a broadly defined kind of scope of products and nutrients. And um, there are absolutely types of carbs that you should avoid in your diet. Obviously sugar, I'm a big anti-sugar person. You have to be super, super cautious about sugar, but also not just sugar, obviously the hidden carbs and fruit juices and 
what we refer to as highly digestible carbs. The things that when you consume them, your body digests them right away, spikes your blood sugar, spikes your energy, a quick rush, and then you crash thereafter. That is damaging to your insulin response. That's damaging to your metabolic health. But other types of carbs, more complex carbs, and in particular fiber, is a carb, right? And that's <laughs> what you need to get more of. And fiber, in particular, prebiotic fiber, right? That's slowly digested by you in the traditional sense. And as so we actually hear from people, oh, my doctor told me no carbs. And they'll look at a bag and they'll see a ton of carbs in this. They're like, no, 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 not all carbs are created equal. Fiber is a carb. You need more fiber in your diet. You should be looking at more like net carbs, which is a good indicator, more digestible carbs. And that's what you want to, you know, avoid the digestible sugary things that spike your blood sugar, but you need more fiber into your diet. So this tagline of don't eat carbs is misguided. Well, and it's not even something that personal trainers would push you to. They'll say something as simple as 30% protein, 30% carbs, 20% fat, something like that, right? 30, 30. So that's 60. Yeah. I'm forgetting. I think it was 40, 30, and then the remainder was on the fat side. But if you get a diet that's tailor-made for you, you can make more, I think, thoughtful decisions. So as we talk about this overall, there are some sources that are really interesting. I heard you talk on another podcast about a simple banana, which I mentioned for a moment because I think many people are automatically afraid of banana because this is true, but. So let's talk about the but. Yes, yes, the but. <laughs> this is a fascinating thing. Nature is amazing, right? And so the life cycle of a banana, it completely changes over time. So when bananas are on the tree, right, and they're deep, dark, unripened, green bananas, the composition of that banana is fundamentally different than the banana by the time you're buying it in your grocery store, where it's maybe some green, but starting to turn yellow. And especially by the time you eat it, when it's going to be delicious, when it's going to be a nice yellow, even maybe even starting to get some brown. And what happens is the banana that's deep, unripened and very green on the tree, it's actually high in fiber and starch, which is a specific type of starch called resistant starch. That is actually unbelievably good for you. The problem is you eat that deep, dark green banana off the tree. It's not the most pleasing, you know, to the taste item to eat. To you. I mean, that's how I prefer my... <laughs> that's fascinating. <laughs> so I almost have a... They get so ripe so fast in some cases that it's like the flavor of it for me is just overpowering. And I always like my bananas when they're green, green. The only way I can consume a banana when it's yellow is basically frozen. That's fascinating. <laughs> I would say that's unique relative to the majority of consumers that prefer, and I'm along with the majority, I like, I prefer a nice ripened banana, but the way you're eating them is much healthier, right? I mean, because, you know, over time as they ripen, that starch actually turns to sugar, right? And so we actually, and it's one of the primary ingredients we use because we want to pack products to fill this fiber gap, right? This prebiotic fiber, get these nutrients back to feed the good bugs in your gut microbiome. Unripened green banana powder is one of our key sources of resistant starch that we use in our shakes and our bars and even in our, our standalone fiber mix. Highly concentrated, like literally like bananas that are specifically bred to be high in this resistant starch fiber. And then obviously process at the right time to capture that in the form of resistant starch fiber, as opposed to how it turns into to sugar over time as it, as it ripens. Wow. So theoretically, like I 
maybe this isn't in theory because I did enjoy one of your shakes this morning. I took your vegan vanilla protein shake and I blended it with the greenest bananas that I could find at the health food store yesterday. Got myself some organic, I mean, they're dark green. So I'm like, perfect. I'm going to blend this up. It'll make it really creamy because that tends to, if you do this, I'm just saying it for the audience here too. It will make the shake creamy and also remove some of the grittiness that's often in a vegan protein shake. I haven't found a vegan protein shake that didn't have some grittiness to it. Like, So you take this green banana, blend it up. It'll cut through some of the sweetness too, because almost every protein shake that I have tried, and yours was not an exception to this, was just too sweet for my palate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would have guessed so. If someone who, who partakes in deep, unripened green bananas, I would have imagined that that would be yeah. <laughs> So to make this easy for myself, I've developed a few tricks over the years because I race and I throw them in every protein shake I ever make. And it helps to bring this kind of vibrant crispness to the palate and without negatively impacting the nutrition I'm getting, without spiking my blood sugar and things like this. And now that I know that the green banana can be a gut-promoting healthy treat for me. I think I'm adding this back to my diet more. <laughs> oh, that's a great move. Like, obviously, we created so that you can have the steak shake on a standalone because it's packed with all this fiber. And But we still work really, really hard to make them delicious. I'd love for you to give it a test, even without the banana, to check on the grittiness factor because our vegan protein shakes, we really, really work hard to mitigate some of that grittiness and earthiness that you find in a lot of vegan shakes that are out there. But when you add and you add things to yourself, like it's great. Like you made an unbelievably healthy shake. Like that was really, really good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I did split it up with my boys this morning because I wanted them to try it as well. Yeah. And my five-year-old didn't like it, but my eight-year-old was like asking for more. So every pellet is a little bit different. And what I will say too, is that I added a dollop of Orlo's spirulina to that to help with immune bolstering effect. And also it's powerful with this antioxidants and inflammatory issues it can help to resolve. We ended up being a little blue, which wasn't a bad thing either. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> a blue shake. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting for those listening to the show. I would love for you to give us a breakdown of the difference between enzymes, prebiotics, and probiotics. Yeah, absolutely. Just a simple breakdown, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. This is it's foundational and fundamental. Like when you talk about gut health, the first place that the vast majority of people go to is probiotics, because that's what most of the products out on the market that are talking about gut health are in the probiotic form, whether that's in a pill or whether that's probiotics that's added to a beverage, a kombucha, or what have you. Think about probiotics as being, probiotics are intended to be, I should say, live microbiome of trillions of bacteria in your gut. Just know that every single one of us, as you've mentioned at the outset, we have literally trillions of bacteria already resident in your gut microbiome. These unbelievable soldiers are in there and they have this outsized control over your health. There's really beneficial ones and then there's detrimental ones as well. And the concept of a probiotic is, can I add more good guys right to that colony that exists in my gut? That's a probiotic. A prebiotic, on the other hand, is really where we're more focused. It's like, regardless of what you're adding and how many probiotics and bacteria you have, in order for your gut to thrive, gut, those bacteria, they need to be nourished. And so the question is, what do you feed them? What do they like to eat? Well, the good bugs in your gut, they like to eat 
prebiotics. Uh, and prebiotic, it's essentially it's fiber, but it's fiber that's incredibly resistant to digestion. So think of prebiotics as the food for the good guys in your gut. And so when you consume prebiotics, it's actually not digested like through the normal process and usually through the traditional digestive process, but it's incredibly effective. And in particular, resistant starch in the fibers that we have, incredibly effective at bypassing that process and getting deep into your large intestine, your gut, where they disproportionately feed the good bugs. And they actually help reduce the population of the bad bugs in your gut. And then lots of great stuff happens thereafter. They produce really important byproducts called short-chain fatty acids that connect to different functional mechanisms in your body that's responsible for keeping you healthy, metabolism, mental health, et cetera. And so that's prebiotics, the food for your gut. Enzymes are more through the digestive process to help you break down food in the more traditional sense. A lot of that is happening in your upper gut or frankly, in your stomach. And so when you're taking enzymes, it's to help, help absorb food and make sure that you're breaking it down so that your body can use the nutrients of the food that you are are consuming. So that's the basic breakdown of the three, kind of our angle, our focus, and what we believe is the most missing element in particular the Western diet, we believe is the prebiotic side of it, kind of feeding your gut the nutrients that it needs to survive. One of the biggest misunderstandings that consumers have is they think, I'm not trying to insult anybody, but- Oh, there. <laughs> a lot of companies are complicit in creating these ideas. They say, okay, go ahead and take these probiotics and they're going to survive and get down into your gut and actually be there. Some will even combine probiotics with prebiotics in a, a soft gel or in a capsule itself or in a formula and claim that it's still shelf stable and going to get there. Yet, I mean, I've been in this industry long enough. I have to tell you, I've tested quite a few products that are on the shelf with certain probiotic strain claims on them, and they just don't test out, even the ones that will say that they're shelf stable. So I have big questions about whether this actually works Yeah, when people consume a probiotic that isn't obviously alive. And I, I, what I mean by obviously alive is something like a bio -K of the world because it's actually in a base of super concentrated yogurt and it's refrigerated and you consume it and I believe more of that will get into your system or a live sauerkraut, not the kind that's just like in a jar pickled and thrown on the shelf. That these things, these truly fermented foods, natto as a for instance, that they can be truly health promoting, that they can contain a lot of these active probiotics that your body can integrate. But a pill in a bottle on a shelf, it's hard. I think we should just go there. I'm going to call a spade a spade. Most probiotics, store-bought probiotics that are out there commercially available aren't significantly impacting your health. I think I'll just put it out there. Like, in or hadn't, have not been proven effective at modulating your gut microbiome and impacting your health. And the reality is, it's hard, right? I mean, so you think about the lifespan of a probiotic, in particular store-bought in a pill sitting on a shelf. One, it has to be the right strain to begin with, like for you, like that you need to modulate your health and different people have different needs. It needs to be served in the right quantities. They need to be alive and have any effect. They have to survive a really, really rigorous digestive process, right? I mean, your body is built to break things down through enzymes and through the digestive process in your stomach. If it doesn't get reside into your gut, then they're not having any effect. And here's the thing. And even for those probiotics that survive, right, the journey, are, do they survive in sufficient numbers? And are they actually colonizing? Are they going to stay around so that they're with you for the long haul? Or are they 
passing through? Like, are they passing by whenever you are going to the bathroom? Are they flowing right through you? And so they're not really fundamentally colonizing and impacting your health. That's a really hard thing for something to make it all the way there. Now, I'm not saying there are definitely some companies out there, live biotherapeutics that are doing live microorganisms. Some of them don't even like to call themselves probiotic companies to differentiate from the majority that are out there that just haven't proven that their products pass through all those different stages and that they actually reside in your gut. And I do believe, and we've seen more compelling research consistently around things like fermented foods that actually are live, that do reside. And we've seen some great research, in particular at Stanford, that has shown a, a diet that is rich in fermented foods actually does increase the population of beneficial bugs in your gut. And it actually does create a healthier, balanced profile, a diverse profile of microbes in your gut. So it's something that we promote, even though we aren't producing them. We're like, hey, if you're looking at gut health, obviously we have a big play in that role. You have to eat healthy food and fermented foods is one angle that is specifically targeted towards increasing the diversity of your gut. Store-bought probiotics, you got to think twice. You got to do your research to make sure that you found one of the few that is truly, truly functional. So I wanted to speak about this for a moment too, because we've seen that there are particular probiotic strains that are getting more attention of late, and some of them are quite expensive. One example is Acromancia and I mean, I just recently saw this week, Halle Berry is promoting them pendulum product, right? Like it's all over TikTok because I wanted to see what this was like. And for a three month subscription, because I'll commit sometimes to trying something for that length of time. But the price of the product is roughly $2 a day. And the promise is that it will help people lose stubborn weight because of the fact that it's helping your digestion improve. And I think that this is like the low-hanging fruit of what can often get people to make that supplement purchase. I'll try it because it's going to help me remove some stubborn pounds or something to that effect. I will say I have not noticed a particular difference myself, but I already had such good dietary and activity habits already that I'm not sure I'm necessarily the best use case. That being said, asking someone to spend $2 a day for something that isn't providing basic nutrition. Right, exactly. Yeah. Basic nutrition first, and then also, you know, something that they can feel. I wonder if it will take hold beyond and and prove itself long term. I I remain somewhat skeptical. But I I love your thoughts around these sorts of magic bullets that are being promoted. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, I think there are some businesses out there that are doing good work. Like, and in particular, my standpoint, those that really commit to the science, both evidence-based approach to formulation, but then as well, clinical validation to actually prove that their products are delivering on the promise. I've seen acromancia as one strain. There's obviously lots of strains out there. There's some really good research coming out about some of the strains. I think some of it is still inconclusive, just how directly beneficial it is. And can we go beyond correlation, like some of them have been correlated with positive health outcomes, to causation. Like, have you actually proved that supplementation with this particular strain leads to this outcome? And to me, the only way that you can get there is by through some original clinical research to actually show that that actually works. And I think there's a lot of that that still needs to happen on many, if not most, probiotic strains that are commercially available in the market. But then to your second point, this is actually fundamental to our approach and why, as we tapped into and looked into the science of the gut microbiome, we obviously, there's many different pathways and routes that you can go. Why we decided to go the, the route that we have is, some of it just comes back to my fundamental belief in the power of food and the fact that if we want to have the level of impact that we aspire to, we need to make it 
easy and accessible. And frankly, as much a part of someone's life that is already happening, so that it's not having to do one extra thing. <laughs> and so people love to eat. And so if we can find ways to help people get healthier, functionally healthier through food, I believe that that is the pathway towards impact. And the benefit of that, the additional benefit of it is you have to eat anyways, right? And so if you're going to eat, what if you can eat some tasty food that's actually functional and doing something for you? So budgetary wise, it actually is more accessible. It's not just on top of your budget. You actually can be replacing something. So for our shakes, maybe you saw this, like it's a very filling shake, like relative to most shakes out there. Like we've got 20 grams of fiber, but also 15 grams of protein, healthy fats, et cetera. And so it's a full meal. And so, yeah, it's roughly about three through 50 a shake or so, but that's a meal. How much are you spending for a breakfast or for a lunch in the day? And so that actually is a big part of the rationale of tapping into the science of the gut microbiome, but doing it through food, through nutrition, that it actually is not just feeding your gut, but it's feeding you as well. I believe it makes it helps make it more accessible. Well, I've got one of the packages right here. I ate the vegan, I almost said virgin. <laughs> I ate the <laughs> vegan version. That was the two Bs. Yeah, 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 there you go. Earlier today. And so I have the regular here, but it says right on it, clinically proven resistant starch fiber blend, regulate digestion, boost metabolism, curb cravings, manage healthy weight, and balance your blood sugar. Now, those fibers do help to balance your blood sugar. And I believe you're using a stevia to sweeten. It was a roboticide. Yeah, we have a sweetener system. It's actually a two-part sweetener system. We actually use a part of the stevia plant that's less metallic called Red M. Mm -hmm. as well as in combination with allulose, which you may know of as a non-nutritive sweetener. It's actually low, incredibly low calories, but it doesn't spike your blood sugar, but it tastes like sugar. The more research coming out about allulose actually showing it's not only neutral to health, they're actually seeing some perspective being beneficial to health as well for allulose. So yeah, it's the combination of those that we use for our sweetener system. Yeah. So, I mean, overall it was about what? Less than 200 calories. This one's 170. Mm -hmm. And the fat is balanced. Now, it's not like it's you have oleic and high oleic sunflower oil in here. This one has a milk protein concentrate, but I use the vegan version because uh -huh. I'm a little dairy sensitive. And this is something I've recently discovered. So I wanted to get to this because you talk about it being scientifically proven. Uh -huh. What specifically are the studies that you're conducting focused in on? And what can we expect to see from the research that you're currently midway Thank you so much for asking that. <laughs> so the first part is I'll talk about right the fact that we take this evidence-based approach to formulation. So when coming up with our proprietary resistance starch fiber blend and coming up with our formulation, we literally poured through hundreds of clinical studies to identify the right types of prebiotic fibers, the right levels, concentration amounts, the right combinations of which to go into our blend. So it's kind of this evidence-based approach. We knew it worked because we followed and made sure that dosage levels kind of complied with what we saw in the research. But in addition to this, and this is where we go beyond the traditional food or supplement company, we actually have a chief medical science officer, uh, Chris Damon, who used to lead the gut health program at Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. He's really driving not just innovation, but our clinical validation efforts as well. So we completed and has now been selected, approved for peer-reviewed publication, a rigorous gold standard clinical trial to show just how effective this shake can be on your overall health. Obviously, it starts in digestion, right? I mean, that's kind of the foundation, but we went well beyond that. We wanted to track metabolic health outcomes, so things that you know measure, your doctor kind of measures. So one of the main things that we measured was blood sugar control. We saw results 
that lowered your A1C, which is a measure of blood sugar control, on par with the leading diabetes medication, which is metformin. And this is from drinking a delicious shake every day for a three-month time period. In addition, we saw healthier blood pressure. We saw better time and range for blood sugar levels, so it kept them nice and stable. We saw modest weight loss. I also mentioned it started to digest it, so we saw better digestive health, so more regularity, less bloating, less nausea. But then what's really fascinating, given that we are tapping into the gut microbiome and we're helping build that balanced foundation, when you do that, Wherever you're out of balance, you start to see come into balance, like in your health, in your life. And in some people that showed up in quality of life and wellness measures. So things like sleep quality improved, energy levels, brain fog, all of these kind of complementary areas, you know, a lot of which are connected to what's called this gut brain axis. We saw Insider, we actually co-conducted the study with Stanford's research lab, who did a lot of the microbiome work, because we actually looked not just on these outcomes, but also the mechanisms. How did this work and how did this modulate the gut? We saw improvement in some specific beneficial bacteria, in particular those that are shown and known to produce these short-chain fatty acids, these byproducts that are really important mechanisms for, for improving your health. And as such, like we're incredibly excited about the results. And like I mentioned, we just were accepted for peer-reviewed publication. It's actually coming out very soon in a leading medical journal, Diabetes, Obesity, and Metabolism, which is a truly a leading medical journal. To our knowledge, we're one of the only like commercially available like nutrition products that has research has passed muster for them to publish. Like the vast majority of what they publish are medications, therapeutics, whether pills, needles, what have you. This is a tasty shake <laughs> that they're publishing, but the results really speak for themselves. We hope that this inspires a movement, that we raise the bar, like that consumers start to look for real clinical evidence, not just a claim, but actual clinical, this whole food is medicine. Like we had to put we need to bring data. We need to actually show that these products are delivering what we say they're doing and hope this sparks this movement uh, more towards science and evidence-based. And I think that's going to be good for everybody if they're successful in that. Well, I 100% agree. I did want to touch on something that I think relates. People don't often know what their gut health is really like. So how might they know whether they needed more prebiotics? Is there a specific test that they can take to help inform them, much like you would take a blood spot test to check your omega-3 levels or even just getting a vitamin D test? Is there some way that they can see where they are as a baseline? It's a great question. It's a great question. This is an emerging space. I'd say, so you're seeing a lot more now of these gut tests, right, that are coming out that where you have to send in a fecal sample. And a lot of times you'll do it before and then after changing your diet or after supplementation to see kind of how that has changed the composition of your gut. So there's a number of brands out there that are getting into this space that are mapping out your gut microbiome based on fecal samples. I think where some of the science still needs to come and develop is kind of what to do about the data and what defines good and healthy and how does that change by individuals. So it's coming, but I believe that we still have a ways to go to get to that, call it gold standard, the same as for a blood test or for cholesterol or blood pressure or weight or what have you. Like a gold standard, this is healthy, this is less healthy, this is what you need to do. I think we still have a ways to go to do that. However, the one thing I will say is, remember, your gut is connected to just about everything in your health and your body. The way I think about it is, if there's something going on in your health that feels out of whack, odds are that it has some connection to what's happening in your gut, whether that is in your blood sugar control, whether that is in your metabolism, you feel like you're, it's just slowed down, it's that you're not able to shed weight the way that you used to, whether that is cholesterol, blood pressure, whether that's 
digestion, like regularity, et cetera. Like all of these have been shown to have a direct indication of a one specific test, but it is pretty much universal that if something's out of balance in your health, there's some connection to what's happening in your gut. And the other thing that we know is essentially all need to get more prebiotic fiber in our diets. Like it's, it's kind of like a, a fundamental, there are obviously everybody is different and different people react differently to different solutions, but that's a pretty universal truth. I would say it's a universal truth that we all need more fiber. <laughs> Absolutely. We all need more omega-3. So these two things could create a real nice pairing. I would love to be able to explore with you the possible collaboration of doing a giveaway that combines both these things for our listeners as well. So I hope that's something we can follow up with. That's a nice idea. Yeah, absolutely. We should definitely do that. Yeah. So I really just want to say how much I appreciate your time today. I feel like we've just started to delve into this story. I'm looking forward to bringing one of your researchers on. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? So the audience knows what to expect when we next talk about super gut. Yeah, absolutely. So this is part one, the, the business guy, kind of knowing enough <laughs> to be dangerous. But if you really, really want to go deep, then so Dr. Chris Damon, I mentioned him before. So he used to run the microbiome program at Bill and Melinda Gates. He's a practicing gastroenterologist. And I look at him as one of the leading gut health experts in the country. He knows a lot himself as well as he knows many in the space and has frankly helped build out an amazing uh, scientific advisory board that supports us in our efforts at Supergut as well. Chris can go incredibly deep, as deep as you want into the science of the gut microbiome, but he's super passionate, not just about the mechanism, kind of how it works, but the practicality of it. That's where Chris and I connect very well, is the impact orientation of what it is that we're doing, not just science for science sake, but science for impact sake. And we also share a deep love for food and food as medicine as well, which is why he decided to join us and lead our innovation and clinical validation efforts. So yeah, I think you guys will have a really, really great chat. You guys can go very deep into the science of the gut microbiome and omega-3s enzymes. Like you'll have a great conversation. How these things work together. We were over in this teaser conversation I got to have with him. We talked about the gut-brain action which touched on a couple of really dive deep and specifically talk about how these things all work together to create the most healthy biome that we can have so that we can reach our best health and so that it's not something that's a pipe dream so that we can realize our best health. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I understand you have an offer for our audience. So if they use the coupon code NWC for Nutrition Without Compromise, NWC will get you an extra bonus, a bonus 20% off your order at supergut.com. So I just want to thank you so much. Is there another thought that you'd like to leave our audience with before we part? No, I think we covered it all. Like, yeah, just know that this gut health, it's not a fad. Like it's real. <laughs> it is. You're hearing about it for a good reason. That doesn't mean every gut health solution out there is real. So do your research before diving in, but just believe the hype. Gut health really is the future of health. And we hope to be there for you to help you on that journey as well. The offer at supergut.com. If you're convinced and want to try these great new products, including prebiotic fibers that will help support your mucosal lining and your entire gut health, go to supergut.com and use the coupon code NWC for nutrition without compromise, and you will get an extra 20% off your order. To find out more about Mark Washington and Supergut, drop by our show notes and you will find direct links and connect with him for if you have questions about what we covered today or topics that you'd like us to dive more deeply into, please hit us up on social channels at Orlo Nutrition. You can always send me an email note as well to hello at orlonutrition.com. As we close today's show, I hope that you'll raise a cup of your favorite beverage with me as I say my closing words. Here's to your health. 
Thanks for listening to Nutrition Without Compromise. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to learn more, visit orlonutrition.com and join our mailing list. You'll gain access to complete show notes, features, and informative blogs because nutrition shouldn't be an either-or.